One of the biggest advantages that conservatives have is their media presence. Conservatives have a wealth of radio talk shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels that allow them to effectively spread their message. We should have the same on the left as well. This is why I want you to go to growleft.liberaldan.com. We are at a turning point in the history of this country. There is no reason why the ultra-conservatives and MAGA-types should be as successful as they have been. Extremist conservative ideas are unpopular, while left-wing ideas like Medicare for All, abortion rights, and marriage equality are at all-time highs. But they have the messaging, and we need to build up our radio shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels to fight back against their extremist conservative messages. Liberal Band Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you give a contribution at growleft.liberalband.com, you will be doing two things. That money will be spent advertising causes on the left, like body autonomy, marriage equality, voting rights, and in support of or opposition of candidates. And that commercial airtime will be spent on smaller shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels to help them grow larger and be more successful. We get to kill two birds with one stone, but I can't do it alone. I need your help. So please go to growleft.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's growleft.liberaldan.com. Growleft.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax-deductible as charitable contributions. Louisiana to join the conversation at area code 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. You can also leave your comments and questions in the chat at youtube.com slash radio where you're listening live right now, unless you're listening on Blog Talk Radio. I haven't really been using that chat much, so come on over to YouTube if you're listening on uh, Liberal Dan Radio. If you're listening on Liberal Dan on Blog Talk Radio, uh, if you can, come on over. Um, otherwise, you can just give me a call. Um, if you're listening after the live podcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, at liberaldanradio on Twitter, and of course here on YouTube as well. Um, I was planning up until yesterday to be doing that, lo- that mythical MLM marketing show that I have been talking about that I have wanted to do for months now, but there's always something that comes up. And yesterday it was announced that announced that Joe Biden was going to be giving a announcement on student debt relief. And I've been also wanting to do a show on student debt relief, but I wasn't quite sure if I was ready, if I had all the information that I would need to do a full show. But because there's a lot of stuff to talk about, I'm just going to make this student loans part one. <laughs> and if, the situation happens where I do learn more about some of the other aspects of student loan debt relief that have actually taken place before today, uh, we will do a part two. Uh, but I'm, anticip- I'm anticipating being able to do a part two 
Um, so there you go. Uh, wait, play it, it is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Uh, anyway, so uh, I mean, we have other stuff that we could talk about. Well, if you want to bring up any other subjects that are up, of course, you have the Donald Trump and his ridiculousness when it comes to uh, apparently he wants his top secret documents back. He has charged his lawyers with getting his uh, top secret documents back. Of course, when Donald Trump filed his ruling to get like a special master or something and in charge of of the documentation to see what should have been taken and what shouldn't have been taken, uh, the judge who he appointed uh, pretty much laughed him out of court. Uh, basically, was like, "Look, you're filing this with me, but why do I have jurisdiction when another another?" judge has been handling the other aspects of this case, and I see no reason for me to now take this over when that judge has been handling it, plus other levels of ridiculousness within that filing that made it look like it it was either written by him or somebody with a uh, law degree from a box of Cracker Jacks. Um, Yes, today is 8-24-2022. I did forget to, I, I did not update that one thing, unfortunately. So yeah, we haven't traveled back in time. Maybe I'll fix that during the break. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just pay no attention. To, I can just I can change that. Uh, let's, no, that's not the right thing to adjust. Hold on. Let's see. I can get the date out of there. Um, wait, where is it? That one. Boop. There you go. Now you can't see the date. <laughs> Anyway, um, we'll fix that during the break. I, I, sometimes I always forget one or two things. That's fine. You know, it's, it's the little minutia. I always have it on the title, on, on the show title correctly, on, on the YouTube YouTube title. Um, anyway, um, other fun things that are going on with me personally before we get to the topics. Um, yesterday, as you know, I've been doing streaming on Twitch as nerdydan.com. And because of the help of the Mod Squad and other listeners who have been coming in and just talking, chatting with me and talking about stuff, I have been being a little bit more political on that channel than I had been uh, just by talking about stuff uh, political-wise. I've been playing this fun game called uh, Cult of the Lamb, and basically you run your little cult, and because of how um, the Young Turk folks had, uh, or I should call them the the Young Turk types, had actually come out and complained about people using the Dark Brandon memes. I just created the cult and I named the cult the Cult of Dark Brandon, and we've been pl- I've been playing that for a while. Um, and because of the help of you know the listen to those listeners who have been uh, watching me, like again Aaron, Jolie, Chuck, um, John, uh, everybody else, uh, I was able to finally reach affiliate, and that, that was a big accomplishment. It, it's somewhat easier, I think, to reach affiliate uh, than it is to get um, monetized here on YouTube because you only need 50 followers on Twitch, you need a thousand subscribers on YouTube, and I'm still wanting to make sure to get um, to get a thousand by the end of next month. But we only got like five weeks or so to get that done. So uh, for here, if you want to get people here and you want to help me reach, help me get uh, monetized here on YouTube, just get a friend. Have a, have a couple friends come in and subscribe to the channel. Hopefully next week, uh, I believe it's been confirmed that 
uh, Hal will be on next week again, unless there's another toilet emergency. Uh, so we'll be talking. Hopefully that will be a nice show for the numbers, and it'll be a fun show as well. It's been two months. It'll be, have been two months since I've last spoken to Hal, and so that should be fun to catch up, uh, talk about some fun things. Uh, so that looking forward to that next week as well. Um, but one of the things, if you're not already uh, following and subscribing to Hal on Twitch with your Prime account, if you haven't have an Amazon Prime account, you can you can support any Twitch channel uh, for free uh, via that Prime account. It allows you to one subscription a month, and you have to resubscribe every month. But I'm already up to five subscriptions, and a couple of those are the the using the if you use Prime, you don't pay in another dime uh, option. So that's that's nice. So if you want to support the show that way with Prime, I would suggest you could actually go to there and use your Amazon Prime and uh, subscribe to me over there that way. Now. When it comes to paid subscriptions, I mean, there are some advantages of doing it right now because I think there are five slots left for the founders. So if you subscribe to me now, regardless, you're going to get a first badge next to your name. So uh, those are going to go probably quickly. So if you want to grab one of those first badges, I suggest you go ahead and do so. But otherwise, it's probably better to support me with um, – buy me a coffee, buy me a coffee, or become a Patreon, or just buy me a coffee on Nerdy Dan as well. You can either buy me, there's buymeacoffee.com slash liberaldanradio and buymeacoffee.com slash nerdydan.com either way. So um, again, sh- uh, shout out to people who are here already. Teresa, Bill, TB2, thank you very much. Uh, Jeff Curry, uh, I think I said Bill already. Uh, Marsha, who am I missing? Besides Julian, Aaron, the Mod Squad. Um, I don't think I've missed anybody so far in the chat. There are people who haven't chatted in chat. Well, then, I got my first real caller troll. I, I knew it sounded sketchy. Um, yeah. So there you go. I, I'll, uh, I don't know if, there's, there should be a way where you can just block uh, the numbers uh, as you are. Uh, we're not even going to pay no, them no heed. Uh, that's fine. Anyway, yeah, two biological races. That was, that was funny. Uh, that goes ahead and show you. But unfortunately, there's no dump button. So unfortunately, we uh, we don't have the ability to eliminate the, the hate speech that was said uh, just there. Um, but there. But I did. I had my my mouse over the hang up button just to make sure uh, that, you know, just to make sure that if, as soon as they started saying something bad, that they were going to be able to be hung up on. So. Um, even if I had a screener, uh, which which that that's gonna happen, and and I might, it's possible that if I mean maybe I could have Aaron or Jolie and or both uh, coming on as a screener. I do have that option uh, to invite like a co-host or whatever to dial in directly to the show who can handle the screening of the calls. Um, I haven't used it yet, but it's possible that we could. But even then, uh, even then, we would still have. The situation where they could have been like, you know, you know, they could have been sounding nice. Hi, I'm Jeff from Arkansas or whatever. And I wanted to talk about gender or what have you. Or even if we wanted to make sure that they're on topic, uh, they would have, I want to talk about student loans. And then they could have, after a minute, said started with the same crap that they did as well. So anyway, I guess I'm making it big if I'm starting to get my trolls, right? So um, anyway, it's, it's just, you know, that's the mindset that, that we're dealing with here in this, in this country that we have. You know, Donald Trump says he loves the poorly educated, and uh, that much is, is going to be totally um, – hmm. 
that much is going to be totally uh, shown uh, in this episode because I have a theory as to why people like Donald Trump Jr. Uh, would not be wanting to uh, have this debt forgiveness uh, that President Biden announced today. So let's go ahead. What we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead and take the first commercial break, go fix the graphic for a second, and then we'll come back. Uh, take There is a caller on the line as well. It's a different area code. Uh, let's see. What's the area code? 307. What is that? That's Wyoming. So instead of instead of Arkansas, what's area code 313? Is area code 313 Arkansas? Like they said, no, area 313 was Michigan. So who knows? But then again, you can probably you can get a, a area code from anywhere. So let's see. Elizabeth, I was down to 1800. That'd be nice. Anyway, so caller, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go on hold. We're going to. Uh, take your calls after in a bit. As soon as I find this commercial break, here we go. 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kind of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the liberal band radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. 
So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Whether X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. Back to Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming up to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, to join the conversation, it's 914 8034 914-803-4131. Let's see, a human being, I was on the Muppet channel a while ago, they were griping about the student loan things, I asked them if they would adversely affect them at all, nor did they just hate the fact that Joe Biden that did it. Let's see, Times Square chat live channel, it's where many trolls go to echo each other. Nice. Uh, yeah, you know. There's some interesting arguments being brought up, and I have a couple ones to discuss. Uh, we're going to go to the caller. Uh, we're going to see who the caller is, and, and, and if we're going to, if the caller is going to ruin all the callers for us today or not. So, hey, caller, what's your name? Where are you from? Hi, my name is Marcus, calling from Cheyenne, Wyoming. How are you okay, doing today? How's it going? I'm doing all right. Oh, what what you call about so today? So I just wanted. I wanted to talk about this whole student loan thing because the whole student loan forgiveness actually does have the potential to really, to really benefit my life. I've, I've, I've been struggling with my student loans for about five years now, 27 years old. And I, and I need, and it's been, it's just unbearable to live. I haven't, I got a degree in, uh, in French and I haven't been able to find a job with this degree and I need to, I need to get more money. I need to enlarge my cock to pick up the lady. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, you know, I have had that language on the show before because, but it was only about Alex Jones's father. My dad's cock is a lot bigger than mine. Thanks. Thank you, Tal Sparks, for putting that imagery in the head and having to play that audio. So, but of course, I had to copy it and share it with everybody else. So, yeah, um, I guess no more calls today. We'll see. Um, I guess he just admitted, though, that he's not very well endowed, but, you know, we shouldn't judge people for that. I mean, you know, you are granted what bio- biology gave you, and uh, I'm, you know, if you're, if you're upset about that, maybe you should seek psychologists, which, you know, we should be handling mental health care better in this country. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I guess I'm winning, right? I mean, if the if the trolls would only just come into the channel instead of on here, it would help the metrics. But calling into the phone number doesn't do me any good with the metrics when it comes to YouTube. So come on, TV uh, two. You wish you had more to say on the topic of whether or not you're of being in doubt or not, or or something else. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be one of those days, I suppose. Um, I mean, look, people with small weenies. You know, I, I'm not going to say deserve love, but shouldn't be, you know, they're just people like everybody else. So, <laughs> sorry, dude. Um, yeah, but I'm sorry if anybody, you know, didn't want to have to hear all that stuff. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> TV2 Live, we can talk about schlongs if you want. Uh, Student Loans Part 2, uh, the show about, you know, loans about 
penile enhancement. <laughs> anyway, so um, I mean, I guess that that's probably why he votes for this guy. It is what it is. Because you know they probably have something in common. I guess I no, I shouldn't body shame. That's that's not right of me. <laughs> people in glass houses or people. So they say people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, but then you shouldn't judge a man until you walk a mile in his shoes. But then there's the so either you can't you shouldn't criticize people if you're if if you have similarities, but you shouldn't criticize people if you have differences. So just say don't criticize people and let that be the end of it. So. Anyway, um, yeah, my fi- my my finger was right over that big X button, though. I was anticipating, especially with the way that he was talking, like, extra serious like this. And I was thinking, this person sounds like he's perhaps trying to be sounding serious when he's not. He probably talks like this. And, uh, if, the per- if the last caller didn't have, which is probably the same caller, if they didn't have the... Um, if they didn't have the, the bad language at the end, they could have qualified for next week's Words of Redneck Wisdom, which we don't have one this week, unfortunately. Um, I was less listening. I didn't really hear anything that good to throw out there. So let's see. So what do we have? We have a lot of stuff to go over with. So there's the Biden-Harris administration student debt relief plan. So this is kind of the, the short of it, but – this really doesn't go into complete detail uh, as to the other parts that it kind of vaguely mentions or doesn't go into the specifics about all of that stuff. So we're, we're going to go and take a little bit of a deeper dive because of some of the investigations that I've done, because I still have student loans. And I'll be frank, you know, the, the 20,000 that I, I believe I qualify for, um, I, I'm fairly certain that I qualify for the 20 because I did, think I did have Perkins loans or Pell Grants or whatever. I think it's Pell Grants. I th- whatever I had, whatever I had, because I was an independent student going to undergrad, I believe that because of that, I qualify for the 20 and not the 10. And that in and of itself, in my situation, doesn't help me. And we'll get into that for a second in a little bit later. But just because it doesn't help me, that doesn't mean that I'm against it, you know, because, look, I've been saying for a while now, as people have thrown out the $10,000, the $20,000 figure, you know, people are throwing out these figures all over the place. And I was like, look, if it's only going to be 10000 I would rather not get anything and let somebody else get twenty. Or if it's, if it's only going to be 20000 for me and it's not going to help me in any way, shape, or form, give it, let somebody else have forty. That will probably help that person a lot more than it would help me. So, and you, you might think that's counterintuitive. I mean, I was having some discussions over the last week or so with some people on Twitter who was like, well, it's going to take money off of their loan, but there's math here to do. We have to do some math to talk about it. Uh, okay, caller. Um, there's been two callers already that have been, that have been ridiculous. So I'm sorry. I'm not going to take any more calls to show um, unless, uh, unless somebody in the chat who I know says, that's me calling with a particular area code. If I know you and you're calling with a particular area and you say, this is me calling with that area code, I will answer the phone. But if I don't know you, you're not going to get on. And that's why, that's why we can't have nice things because some people like to, you know, be fools. So sorry, but as you know, 
your, as those people's God frequently says. If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Oh, wait, that's not what I meant to click. I meant to click this one. It is what it is. But again, we should hear this one again. If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? I mean, he took the Fifth, so I guess that means he's not innocent, right? So, to Jeff Curry, I paid my student loans off a few years ago. I'm totally fine with others being forgiven. Wish more. That's fine. Um, anyway, so let's, let's go over the, the, the press release from Biden-Harris administration, uh, what the program means for you. There's a lot of fluff. So the plan includes loan forgiveness of up to $20,000. Um, there will be uh, answers to the questions. I think you have to apply for it in the coming weeks. Uh, if you've already given your income information, like I know I have my income information in from like before the, before COVID, I was able to, they're going to use that income information at least through April of 2023. And then I'll have to resubmit this year's tax. I'll have to submit this year's taxes to them next year. And that way I'll be able to say, okay, this is how much money I made. So this is what my new income, my new income is going to be based on. So you can figure out my income-based repayment amount. Um, so anyway, so, so part one, which helps everybody, um, final extension of the student loan repayment pause. So instead of it ending at the end of this month, like it was supposed to do, it's going to end at the end of December and payments will resume in January of 2023. So I think my payment will be at the end of January for, if, for my first student loan payment. Um, and there's nothing that you as a student bar, a student loan borrower under the federal government, there's nothing you need to do uh, in order to, uh, in order to qualify for that. If you, if you're under the pause, it will just maintain your pause. Now I logged into my, uh, I have Mohella now. I used to have, used to have Naviant, and then I had my Fed loans, and now I have Mahela. Um, Mahela hasn't updated everything yet. It says it gives the announcement that my payments will be, or my payments are paused through December. But on the your next payment is, or your your, your it says your forbearance will stop in, in a, stop in a week. So that hasn't been updated yet. But I'm that's fine. I'm. They'll give time, and of course, when you enter forbearance, even if they say you're late, it, it'll it's, it goes retroactively. So if you're a student loan borrower and you don't have, and you're currently being paused, you don't have to do anything else to deal with the pause. I see Elizabeth. Um, I'll get you in a second, Elizabeth. Um, so to smooth the transition back to repayment and help borrowers at highest risk, uh, once payments resumes, the U.S. Department of Education will pro provide up to twenty thousand in debt cancellation to Pell Grant recipients, and I, I'm pretty darn sure, I have to go verify, but I'm pretty darn sure that I had gotten a Pell Grant at one point. So if I was, that, that should qualify for me for the 20, which again, doesn't help me much. Um, and we'll get to that later. Um, and if you don't have a Pell Grant, you'll get $10,000, up to $10,000. Um, if, if your income is individually $125,000 or $250,000 for households. Um, and of course, what this means is that if you, if you're, if you have 7,500 left on your student loans, it just wipes it out. If you have, if, if you had a Pell Grant and you have $17,000, it wipes it out. You don't get anything extra, you know, you know, you don't, you don't get to make a profit or whatever off of it. You just, you know, you just get your debt canceled out. And for a lot of people that'll cover their entire debt. And for a lot of people, a lot of other people, 
it's going to reduce their debts enough so that this will help them. Not in my case. Again, I'm not angry about it. I'm just going to say that, that, that there are – I don't know if they were thinking about it. I don't, think, I don't know if a lot of people understand how it works, but we will get to that soon. But we, will, we do want to go to Elizabeth. Hello, Elizabeth. Um, I'm sure you, you're not going to be talking about what the last caller talked about. So what's going on? <laughs> oh, well, as far as the last caller is concerned, the state. And right. obviously, obviously, he's not had to get a public education. Uh, it's kind of clear he hasn't had one. And right. uh, in terms of, like, you know, going all the way up through college, it is a tough, tough thing to be a single parent have to get a Pell Grant to get to college, and then right. now you're saddled with debt and trying to find a job in a bad market at the time. And so when you finally do catch up, you're behind. <laughs> so, right. it's, it, you know, it's really kind of – but it doesn't mean anything to anybody who doesn't um, – hasn't invested in education. And when you've got – you know, there's 40 million people in California. There's 500,000 in Wyoming. And that's I mean, assuming it's, it's that he ridiculous. was from Wyoming because it could have been the same person right. using like Google Voice or using, you know, a cell phone that's a front cell phone. Or there's probably many ways to hide, to obfuscate the real phone number that you're calling from. So he could have been from Alabama or could have been from, uh, was it Arkansas, where the last caller said he was from. The previous caller, yeah. uh, even though he said it was from Arkansas, was from area code 313, which is Detroit. So, you know. That's all they have. Yeah. That's all they have is, is playing those silly little silly games and then you know, one day it's gonna dawn on these people that they've been they've been conned. And right. um then they're they're the little weenies are gonna get smaller. Sorry, I hope that wasn't bad on air. But they're gonna get real small real fast. Because uh-huh. this is um there's more of us than there are them. We have the better argument. Just you know, no worries. I I love your show and I, I just think that this is awesome what he has done. It is going to take really my daughter, my son-in-law, both. There are a lot of their debts wiped out. Me, I've got $18,000 left in student debt. It's gone. It's gone. Nice. Very nice. Because I've hit 20000 in uh, Pell Grants and 10000 in other debts. And in order to get my, ba- my, my bachelor's degree and my certification that I achieved, um, oh, that was, yeah, 40000 I think, total. Total. So anyway, just saying, uh, liberal Dan, I just wanted to support your channel and say that 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 caller was just rude. I mean, obviously he didn't even learn manners. So yeah. um, thank you for what you're doing. And uh, go Joe Biden. Love you some Joe Biden. Yeah, let's let's go Brandon. Right. That's why I called my thing the cult of dark Brandon on that video game that I play is because I just love yes, to just you know let's embrace the dark Brandonness. Let's embrace it. Let's uh, we should start oh, making sure it's vote for Brandon. It's important. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm I'm embracing Dark Brandon, but I love me some Joe. I love me some yes. President Joe too. Okay, well, I mean, you. I don't know how long you've listened to the show, but uh, my grandparents unfortunately were not alive to to see him get inaugurated. Uh, but my both my grandparents are. I was born in Delaware. I was born in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, raised in Baltimore. Oh. I now live in New Orleans. But both my grandparents worked on Joe Biden's first campaign. They knew who he was. They always used to talk about how decent of a person. Uh, that he was, how good of a man that he was, how how just honorable he was, and and they they loved him, and they they always talked wonderfully about him, 
And they were, they were, I know they were very pleased when uh, President Obama picked him to be the vice president, and that made them very happy as well, um, because they would have loved to see him be president back then. Um, but if you go back to my live stream from when Biden was uh, inaugurated, I, I teared up because I just thought how proud my grandparents would have been because they knew him, they loved him, and they would have been so happy to have seen this happen and seen him reach the highest office in the land. So, um, well, with all, was, with all luck, they still kind of did get to see with all luck, I should say. And, and, and honestly, um, this, is, this is amazing. Between this, all of our achievements should be on a billboard right next to each other in the 405 freeway at 3 in the afternoon. Yep. <laughs> you got time to read it. It's not scrolling past you. Right. And, um, and you're on the commute, and you're like, crap. And, and, and then, you know, infrastructure is on the billboard. I just think that's a, a, a good idea. I think that, and I think what Beto O'Rourke is doing in Texas is perfect. Perfect. Right. He's going to people where they live, addressing their concerns, not just shouting them down or blowing them off or telling them they're bad people because they're with Abbott. He's bringing them in to the fold and saying, okay, fine, tell me what your problem is. You don't need to be rude. You don't need to be vulgar. Tell me what your problem is, and we will work it out. Right. And do you agree? No. So, yeah, there was a poll that was out. I think there was like 40% of this country doesn't believe that Donald Trump should be investigated anymore, and but 58% do. So to me, that says there's probably about a good 8, eight to 10% of the country who is reasonable, who is who may be conservative, but may be willing to listen to why. They may be able to be convinced on certain arguments. We may disagree on policy. But we may be able to understand, look, this is why Trump is bad. This is why these policies are bad. This is why I think that's ultimately why Joe Biden won is because uh, he was able to not just pull out the people um, you know, on the left, but he was able to pull out the centrists as well and say, look, these people who I mean, maybe felt hoodwinked by Trump back then, or maybe, maybe they didn't yet understand how hoodwinked they were back then, understand, oh, well, this is going to bring some sanity and rationality back to the country and that we're not there yet because clearly we have a lot of that left with the Marjorie Taylor Greens and Boberts and yeah. all these other yeah. folks. But some of these kooks are losing too, like the one down in Florida who got duped into believing, uh, what's her name? I, I want to say Looney, but it's oh, not Looney. Yeah. But yeah. there's well, a, she's yeah. like a, she's a self-proclaimed Islamophobe who got convinced to sue care for getting herself kicked off of Twitter and then she, because she sued and she, she was brought a ridiculous lawsuit, the judge base said, okay, now you owe the Council of American Islamic Relations $125,000 for filing this ridiculous lawsuit. And I'm like, that's just wonderful. Just taste the delicious MAGA tears. Loomer, that's right, right it's Loomer. When we have a good majority, you see, we can re-regulate these sorts of things and we can kind of Supreme Court through some sort of by you know, codifying them into law having them pass both houses to school, the Congress and being signed by the president. Now the Supreme Court can't mess with it. With Roe, I slightly with disagree with that in that if – I slightly disagree with that. I mean, I do think that we should vote to, put it, to codify it. I have no problem voting to codify it. But if the Supreme Court uh, is going to say that it's, a, it's, it's an issue that belongs to the states, I don't think a federal law can stop that. I think, that, I think this, this same court would vote 5-4. This same court would, court would vote 5-4 to say that this is not that this still belongs in the states and I think would would overturn a codified row or some other codified law. Um, it might be harder for them to do, but I, I, they're activists, so I think they would do it regardless. 
which is why we need was, to expand the court. With a civil, so that's what I was just going to say. That was exactly what I was going to say with, with, a, uh, with a, uh, a filibuster-proof Senate. Yes. We can put we can we can put a few more uh, Supreme Court justices and turn the ship around. We need to we need to put her you know we need to get back on course. Absolutely. So uh, yeah. Okay. Well, shoot, I, I don't want to take up all oxygen on your show. I just wanted to call and let you know I, I, I appreciate what you're doing out out there in the in the airwaves. <laughs> thank you so much, and so. thank you for calling. Call back anytime. And look, we go all over the place in the show. We're going to go back to student loans, you know, too. But you know, I love talking about anything, and we'll go anywhere. Anywhere that the show brings us, if the winds bring us somewhere else completely by the end of the show, so be it. Well, you know, not not all of my shows are directed and and, and firm on this particular on a one any one particular issue. I love going all over the place, and I, I love you know, politics is one of my passions, so that's why I try. That's why I'm doing yeah. this. That's why I want to get this, and that's why I want to make this be successful. That's why I want to have all the other shows that I you know I've been guests on recently, like Andrea's show. Um, for example, um, living in it, uh, links to that on liberalband.com, uh, of all of the play, all of the other creators you should, creators that you should follow. Um, but yeah, again, thank you so much for calling in. Um, if anything else, just either call back or, or, or just mention it in the chat and we'll make sure to hit that. So. I certainly will. I certainly will. And I thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye. And I guess that's the way we got to do it is we got to make sure that, uh, to call in, I guess from this point on, to call in, you can just say it in the chat. My area code is this. I'm calling in, and I'll know that it's you, and we'll be able to take your call if I trust you. If you're random somebody that I don't know, you're going to have to establish yourself first before I accept your call. So that's how we're going to do it. Anyway, back to student loans. So frequently asked questions. I don't know how you have frequently asked questions on a brand new thing, but I'm sure these they anticipate a certain act questions to be frequently asked at some point, which is reasonable. Um, so how do I know if I'm eligible for debt cancellation? To be eligible, your annual income must have fallen below $125,000 or 250 for married couples or head of households. If you receive the Pell Grant in college and meet the income threshold, you'll be eligible for 20. If you do not receive a Pell Grant in college and meet the income threshold, you'll be eligible for up for 10. What does up to mean? Your release is capped at the amount of your outstanding outstanding debt, as I talked about before. If you have seventeen thousand and you're eligible for twenty, you're only getting seventeen. Uh, what do I need to do in order to receive loan forgiveness? Uh, Eight million borrowers may be eligible for release automatically because relevant income data is already available. I believe I'm one of those cases. Of course, it's not going to be relief for me, but again, we're going to get to that in a second. Um, if it doesn't have your income data or if you don't know, the administration will launch a simple application in coming weeks. Uh, the application will be available before the pause ends. And you will, if you want to be notified, there's a link uh, to go to to sign up on the Department of Education subscription page. And then it goes into public service loan forgiveness. And there's a very small amount on the public service loan forgiveness program. And it's not enough information for you to go on if you've been somebody who's been working public service. So the public service loan forgiveness program forgives the remaining balance on your federal student loans after 120 payments, working full-time for federal, state, tribal, or local government, military, or a qualifying nonprofit. Temporary changes ending on October 31st, 2022 provide flexibility that makes it easier to receive forgiveness by allowing borrowers to receive credit for past periods of repayment 
that would have otherwise not qualified for public service loan forgiveness. Enrollments on or after November 1st, 2022 will not be eligible for this treatment. We encourage borrowers to sign up today. Now, this is included in this press release, but this is actually this was actually available before the press release. I learned about this part last week. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little more as well, because this is probably one of the things that does benefit me. The 20,000 won't, but this will. Um, Aaron also sent me a graphic. This graphic has been going on the internet as well, where we not only, so not only, so part three, which is the part that actually does help me and will help a lot of other people, even if their debt isn't fully canceled. Uh, these, we've had income-based repayment plans. I, I've been on an income-based repayment plan. Uh, so they're proposing a new rule to create a new income-driven repayment plan that will substantially reduce future monthly payments for lower and middle-income borrowers. Um, the rule would require that borrowers pay no more than 5% of their discretionary income monthly on undergraduate loans. This is down from the 10% available under most recent income-driven repayment plans. Um, raise the amount of income that is considered non-discretionary income and therefore is protected from repayments. So it's guaranteeing that no borrower earning under 225% of the national, federal poverty level, about equivalent to $15 minimum wage for a single borrower, will have to make a monthly payment. So if you're making 225% or less, or maybe 224%, I guess, according to how this is wording, worded. Um, if you're single, it's more if you're not. Uh, you won't have to make a monthly payment. Your monthly payment will be zero, and that zero payment will qualify. Uh, forgive loan balances after 10 years of payments instead of 20 years for borrowers with loan balances of 12000 or less. Again, that part doesn't help me, but let's say your, your loan balance was 12000 and let's after, or let's say you have $31,000 in federal student aid and you had a Pell Grant when you went to school, right? Let's just say that's the case, $31,000. So now they're going to chop off $21,000, right? So they're going to chop off $20,000, leaving you with $11,000, okay? So if your income is under 225% of the federal poverty level. Uh, so let's, let's go ahead and pull up federal poverty, federal poverty level 2022. Um, six more rows. We'll pull that over up. So federal poverty level, if you're a single person, currently the poverty level is 13,590, right? So let's pull up our trusty calculator here as well. Um, so so if, if you're a single person and the poverty level is 13,590 and you're allowed to be making under 225% of that, so that's 13,590 times 2.25 is $30,577.50. So, so let's see. So if you're making, if you were making like $30,000 a year or 30,100 or whatever it was, you're making that amount of money a year and you've just had your loans cut by 20,000, your student interest payments, your, your student loan payment would be $0. And each 
time you make a $0 payment, it counts towards that. So if you made 120 $0 payments, you wouldn't have to pay anything towards your student loans and you would get your loans, your, the rest of your loans paid back after 10 years of payments. And if you've already made some payments, you won't have to make any other payments unless your income goes up. And if your income goes up, let's say your income was, let's say your income was $40,000. So let's make this a negative and we're going to add $40,000 to it because well, how they determine what your student loan payments are is you, you subtract your what's required to live, which is for a single person is like what I just said, the 30, $30,577.50. Um, you subtract that from your, from your overall salary and the remainder is your discretionary income. So you're not going to have to pay, you have to pay off of your discretionary income, not your full income. So, with, so if you're making $40,000 and you're a single person, your discretionary income annually is $9,400. So now you can divide that by 12, and that's $785.20. Now, because you, could, you don't have to pay any more than 5% of that, you multiply that times 0 0.05, and your monthly payment on your student loans would be $39.26. $39 so that would ultimately be your payment. And then if you made 10 years of payments of $39.26, your 12, whatever's left of your $12,000 loan will be wiped away. So this is going to help those people, very much so. Um, and then, well, you say, well, what about the interest, Dan? You know, if you're making the minimum payments, you're not paying off the interest. Uh, part three does this. It covers the borrower's unpaid monthly interest. Unlike other existing income-driven repayment plans, no borrower loan balance will grow as long as they make their monthly payments, even when their monthly payment is zero because their income is low. So your loan's never going to grow anymore. Your, your loan will not grow. So you, you will, your loan will be stuck there. And then you will pay whatever your monthly payment is, even if it's zero dollars. And you would... Uh, You'd be able to have your loan paid off in 10 years instead of 20 years if your balance ends up being 12000 or less after the twenty, the ten or the $20,000 payment that they give you. So that's all really good for a lot of student loan borrowers. It's all really, really good. Um, so let's look at other numbers, though. So I have a family of four, right? So my family of four is – for a family of four – the poverty level is 27,750. If I multiply that by 2.25, it means that before I have to pay a single red cent on um, my student loans, I have to make, be making more than $62,437.50 a year. So good. I mean, that, that's going to, that, that's good, whatever. Um, Let's say, for example, there was somebody making $150,000. I don't make $150,000, but let's just say somebody in a, in a family of four, their combined income is $150,000. So this is, what I would, this is what I'm going to be talking about, how this is, the first parts aren't going to help me. The other parts will, but the first part's not going to help me. So let, we're going to make this negative. And we're going to say, okay, our, our annual income is $150,000, right? 
equal. So now our discretionary income at that point would be 87500 or so. So, and this is a lot of math heavy, but we're, we're, we're trying to explain this to be able to understand. So if you need to rehear this again, you could always go back and replay it if you need to understand the math. Or you can write it down on home if you want, or maybe I should make a, a blog post that discusses this. That might be better. But I'm kind of, I worked this out a little bit on Twitter before, but I'm using kind of, kind of different numbers. So you make $150,000 as a family of four, uh, the 225% po of the poverty level for the 48 continuous states and District of Columbia, again, is 2775, allowing you to have $62,437 before you have to pay any money, leaving you with $87,000, 500 or so in discretionary income, right? So, 80, so, so if you take that, you, multi, you divide it by 12, divide it by 12, that's $7,200 a month of income. That's assuming a gross and not true. Not, that's assuming you don't have like pre-tax deductions or whatever. We're, we're, we're assuming no pre-tax deductions this time because pre-tax deductions comes off of your gross income. So then 72906 we multiply that times 0 0.05 is $364.84. Okay, so th this part I think I'm going to have to put up on the page. Get Katie Porter's whiteboard. Yes, I need Katie Porter's whiteboard. So let's go ahead. Oh, let's remove that. Remove that. Don't want to remove that. Um, loan. Student loan repayment calculator. We're going to bring that up. Uh, we're going to look at what our monthly student loan payments are going to be with a certain amount of debt. All right, so let's say the person with $150,000 of income has $150,000 in student loan debt. But this is a high-end level, sure. Some people will have more than this. Some people have less. We're going to assume a 30-year payment. Again, well, let's assume, assume it's over 30 years. All right, so let's also go ahead and bring this up. So we're going to set settings. Uh, we are going to pull up, is that a display that one I wanna look at? Yes, that's the display I wanna look at. Okay, and then we're gonna open up the window. There's the window. Okay, so if you have $150,000 in student loan debt, your regular monthly payment, assuming a 4.6% rate, which could be higher, I think some people have more. Let's just assume it's a 5% rate. So if it's a 5% rate over 30 years, your monthly payment is $805. All right? So $805 is my monthly payment. But because of income-based repayments, I'll bring this over here, my my income-based repayment is, this is better. My income-based repayment is not $805. My income-based repayment is $364.80 if I have an income of $150,000, right? I don't, and that's not my student loan debt, but I'm just using this as an example. So let's say now my loan forgiveness comes in. Let's say I had a Pell Grant in college. Uh, let's say that that makes it now $130,000 in debt instead of $150,000 in debt. 
by reducing my total loan amount that I owe, my loan amount becomes $130,000. My monthly payment is now, my regular monthly payment would be $698 every month. But my income-based repayment is still 364, 365 bucks. So, so if you see where I'm going with this, if you have a high amount of payment, if you owe a high amount of money, a lot, the more money that you owe, the income-based and, and whatever income that you have, you would have to you would have to have a lot more forgiven in order for this to make sense to you. So, all right. So let's say, let's, let's try and figure out where my student loan debt would have to be if I was making $150,000 a year, let's say. Um, do, 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 do. Let's just bring it down to 75000 Even if even at seventy five thousand of debt, my monthly payment is four hundred and three. So therefore, my income based repayment repayment is still even at seventy thousand dollars. What happens at sixty nine thousand dollars? Sixty nine thousand dollars is still too much. Uh, let's go to sixty eight. Write it. So so if somebody was making. $150,000 a year. The amount of loans that they would have to have for this to make any difference would be 88,000 or 78 or 88,000 depending on whether or not they had a Pell Grant. So if you have a Pell Grant, if you had 88,000 in debt, if you have 88,000 in debt and you went to 68,000 debt because you had a Pell Grant, your regular monthly amount would be 365 instead of 472. So $365 as your total monthly payment versus 364 for income-based repayment. So you still have it improved with 88,000 in debt. So once you get to 87 or 77, depending, now you're at 360. Now you're saving four bucks a month. Again, not that great of a savings, but it's less. But look, so this, this is what I'm saying is that there are a lot of people who with, with high amounts of debt that are not going to be allowed, that, that this is not going to make a difference on, at least the first part's not going to make a difference. And, stuff. And, these, and I was having conversations on Twitter with people who were like, well, this is going to make it easier to, for, for, this, for anybody to pay off their debts because you're re- relieving Ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars from the amount that they owe, and I'm like, no, it's not because you're not. That part is not making it easier. Now, if you're going from ten percent to five percent, see, if from going to ten to five percent, it does cut the amount of money that I'll have to pay in half. Now, my payment is lower than than this three sixty four currently, so I don't know if because there are some people that are at five. There are some people that are at 10. There are already people that are at five. So if you were already at five, this, again, this, this part's not helping you either. There are some people at five. There are some people at 10. Um, so just, just, just kind of, just hopefully, does anybody else have any questions about that, uh, about how certain people this is not going to help when it comes to what their monthly payment is going to be? What I think is more important 
honestly, is some of the other, for, for myself and for those people, for, for the people with low amounts of death, with Elizabeth, who under her situation, her children and herself all get to get their loans wiped out. And I'm super happy for them. That's awesome. So again, those people are being helped by, by, the, by part one. But part two will help some people. Part three will help some people. But part two, which is the part about, which included something about the public student loan forgiveness program, um, that part was actually not part two. That part was already happening beforehand. So what is the public student loan forgiveness? Bloop. We're going to bring this down here. We're going to... Uh, you don't need to see my my face for this part, I guess. So we're just gonna we're just gonna have this over here while we chat. For some reason, I'm not covering the full screen. So there we go. That's better. So what the Michigan? I'm missing a bunch in the chat. So Jeff goes. I'll be here all night. Tip your waitress. Just a tip. Let's see. Bah, 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 bah. Elizabeth, I wouldn't know who she was even if I had been whiteboard. I've never gotten the point of the big funded stadiums yet. State funded programs are underfunded. Um, there's a there's a lot of arguments to have about stadiums, and we could talk about that later if you want to. There's reason I understand some of the arguments that are made. I also understand some of the arguments for it and against it. Um, sometimes people will say they're self sufficient. Uh, other people will, will argue that they're not, that those money would be spent in the state anyway, even if you didn't spend the money. I disagree. Um, let's see. Wes, my student loan debt was about 12000 I paid it off, eh, hold on, in less than 10 years, but that was where my, all my money went. I wish I only had $12,000 in debt. That would be lovely. Um, let's see, without getting too personal, I know children in the 30s who know, owe everybody money, but they live like kings and queens. I mean, there are people who are irresponsible with their money. I mean, I wasn't the most responsible with my money. I mean, I have a lot of student loan debt. I probably shouldn't have taken as much student loan debt as I have. But here's one of the things. You have 18-year-olds who are making financial decisions for the rest of their lives, who don't know anything about, like, money. They don't know anything about, you know, budgeting or saving. They don't really have no idea – what's going on with finances and how to, how to judge whether or not this is a good investment in your, in your future career or not, who are taking out debt to try and get a college degree. And we're, we're convincing them to say, look, you need to take out all this debt to, to have a good college degree. And that's another part of this that has to get fixed. But 18-year-olds signing, I remember I was sitting on my, as, as a 17-year-old, maybe I was 18 at the time, I don't know, maybe I was 18. As an 18-year-old with these papers from – because at the time it was done with paper because, you know, I'm an old – I'm getting old. So so now later on in life I was able to sign it online. But at this point I was still doing it on paper. Uh, when I graduated high school, I'm sitting as an 18-year-old signing these papers for, for thousands of dollars of debt. I have no idea what this means. I'm just sitting there. I want to go to college. I want to go down to Tulane. I have a scholarship but I still have to take out some loans. And then when I went and flipped and went to the University of New Orleans, I wound up having to take more loans because I was no longer being supported by my parents. And then 
I was seeking to get a graduate degree, and I took a little too long to get the graduate degree, and then Hurricane Katrina hits. So, you know, it is what it is. I don't have that screen available right now, so I'm not going to click it. Um, let's see. So I know you should pay off your debt before you start having fun. If babies come along, you have to put them fun for a little longer. Human nature. Um, nearly impossible. Sorry, I didn't get to say goodbye. I was kind of mad my son didn't want to go to college. He FaceTimed me Friday afternoon and showed me how well he could ride a unicycle around his office. Um, let's see. Yeah, my mom had me, uh, was a bank teller for a while, and then went to college. Um, and then... And then now she's a, she became a social worker. She's now retired. But yeah, she she went to college later in life. Um, but yes, there is there is some predatory lending that goes on. Um, Bob Seska, he said he took he took out three credit cards to get free pizza. That's another thing I did. I they start they have people in your college in colleges just like we're gonna give you credit cards. And like what would happen is I'd pay everything on my credit cards and then I would work a little bit doing my my student stuff and then I would come home over the summer and I'd work over the summer and pay off my credit card debt or try to and then I'd go back to school and I'd have more credit card and have more credit card debt. So we're teaching kids early on to go into debt by throwing credit cards at them, by throwing loans at them and by making them think that this is the way to do it. And these people, I, at 18 years old, I was not the type of person who uh, who spent money wisely. I was a new person down in New Orleans. The drinking age was 18 back then because Louisiana was the last to change it. Uh, this was 94. We still had a drinking age of 18 until 20 days before my 21st birthday. That's when they flipped it to 21. Um, I'm having fun. I'm partying. I don't know anything about budgeting. You know, I'm just, you know, it's okay. I don't get this. I'll pay it off later. Whatever. I wasn't well informed of myself. So we're having these people. Now we're telling these people 20 years later or more, uh, you should have been more responsible. Well, maybe we should have been responsible early on. Maybe, maybe we should have been more responsible by not making colleges pricey. Maybe we should have had better uh, high school courses on financial literacy so that we don't make the mistakes and we don't try and don't, don't allow ourselves to get into debt. But that's a whole other issue. That's what it should have, could have. We're now dealing with the now, where we have a lot of people with lots of debt. And because the only problem with student loan debt is that, you know, let's say I'm making these minimum payments, right? So I was making these minimum payments for a while of maybe 200 bucks. I don't know what it was at the time. 200 bucks or so at the time was my minimum payment that I had to make. Um, when I make those payments, it's a, uh, whatchamacallit, well, let's, let's, let's switch this. I'm going to put my, still put myself, because I still want to put the, I should put the Venmo up there still anyway. Let's raise this up. Let's raise up the buy me a coffee. <laughs> move it over a little bit. Let's move that over a little bit and shrink it a little bit. I'm going to put myself up there too. Let's see, boom, boom, boom. Nope, it's not that that I want to change. It's that. And put it over here. I could I, I, I figured out in OBS how to do this a lot easier so that I don't have to keep switching it up on the fly. But I, I didn't set that up for today. So maybe next year will be better. Um, anyway, so here you go. Oh, this is just the 
tool. Um, here's the announcement. Here's the announcement that I want to look at for the PSLS limited waiver. So if you were in public service, it used to be that you had to work for a in public service for 10 full years and make 10 full payments or 10 years full of payments or 120 total payments in order for you to, in order for you to qualify for public student loan forgiveness. And of course, if, when you hit that 10 year moment, and if you were during the Donald Trump era presidency and you had Betsy DeVos as your head of department of education, she was fighting offering forgiveness to these people because they didn't want to follow, you know, the law. They were, they were extra legal actions. So public student loan forgiveness, uh, the waiver refers to a limited time changes to, to PSLF uh, to receive credit for past periods of repayment that would otherwise not qualify. So again, before it had to be 10,000, 10, 10 times, 10 years of payments. So 12 months, so 120 total payments while working for either a nonprofit uh, that qualified or uh, in being in the military or working for a government or like a, an NGO type of organization uh, that would qualify you. So you go to aid summary, see what time of loans that you owe. Um, you have to take action. Uh, you have to consolidate, apply, or wait, depending on the type of loans you have. If you have a uh, Perkins loan or uncommon older federal student loans, you have to consolidate them. I've already done that. If you have a direct loan, but you've never submitted certifying your employment, uh, you have to go certify your employment. Uh, and if you have a direct loan, if you already have su submitted your employment, then you probably don't have to do anything. You just got to wait. So here is the summary of changes that they made so that you no longer, hey, Andrea, how's it going? Uh, you no longer have to have worked for 10 full years making payments over those 10 full years. So if you have FFEL program loans, Perkins loan, other federal student loans, again, you have to consolidate your loans. Uh, before consolidating, you have to check to work if you're work for a qualifying employer. Uh, past week period of payments will now count. Past periods of repayments will count whether or not you made a payment, made that payment on time for the full payment due or on a qualifying repayment plan. So, for example, I made payments, um, I think, in my year off. I took a year off of school, and I made student loan payments um, in that one year or so. And then I went back to school. So then I got, I don't, I had an in-school deferment at that point. Um, so those payments would, would, would initially not count towards my, my federal, my <laughs> public service loan forgiveness. Um, forbearance periods of 12 consecutive months or greater, or, 36 cumulative months or greater will count under the waiver. In fall 2022, Ed will begin making account adjustments to include these periods. Forbearance periods since covered by the COVID-19 emergency relief flexibilities are not included towards these payments. I've had several years of forbearance or deferment. I, I used up all my deferment and then I used up forbearance. Now I did work for my student loans or whatever. So, Let's say I worked nine months or so during that year when I was took a year off from school. And then I ended school in 2005, or I got out of school in 2000. I was out of school in 2006, let's say. Uh, was it 2005? 2005, no, 2006 in the spring was, was when I first started, I guess, the summer. So the summer of 2006, 
I started my, I was out of school. I started my out of school forbearance or deferment or, or repayment. So 2006 to 2007, 2007 to 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. In 2015, I started working for, um, in 2015, I started working for a nonprofit. And for 2015, I worked at a nonprofit for three years-ish, two and a half years. So one, that's 12 and a half years now. So 12 and a half years that I was working for, the, that, that I started when I left school and was on forbearance or deferment or on a forbearance. So that will be added to my account. So all I had to do, let's see, the qualifying appointment requirements. I have to determine if you're, let's see, if, blah, 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 blah. I think there's a chart here. So which PSLF requirements are waived? Normal PSLF requirements. Receive any credit, receive credit only on direct loans. Now you receive credit for periods of repayment on direct, FFEL, or Perkins. You have to repay under the 10-year standard plan on an income repayment. Uh, periods of repayment cover under any count. Any plan count. You had to make on-time payments, uh, periods of repayment on loans before the consolidation count, even if on the wrong payment plan. Uh, your periods of repayment where payments were late or for less than the amount due also count. Uh, you have to work full-time for a qualifying employer to receive credit. Um, you can get forgiveness even if not employed or not employed by a qualifying employer at the time of the application and forgiveness. Um, and if you got a teacher loan forgiveness, the period of service that led to your eligibility can count towards your student loan, whatever. So unchanged requirements, making 120 payments, qualifying payments or the equivalent, uh, being employed by the government or whatever, qualifying service, working full-time to work full-time, whatever, for that, whatever, for that employer, having direct loans or consolidating into direct consolidation loans, certifying, qualifying employment, whatever. So Q&A is on this. Let's see, why can I get credit for payments even though I was ineligible before? Ed has determined that it can use the flexibilities provided by HEROES Act of 20, 2003, which allows the Secretary of Education to waive certain federal student aid program rules in periods of national emergency. Why do I have to consolidate? I've already consolidated. That's fine. Um, as we work to update your payment counts, you may receive multiple auto-generated communications. Uh, we appreciate your patience. How does Ed know that I want to get credit? What prompts them to view my account? I uh, have to submit your things. Um, when can I expect to see my change in my payment count? As we work, you'll have multiple, again, more, multiple emails. But there's another website, um, pslf.gov, that will talk about loan forgiveness. So, again, you have to apply before October 31st, 2022. Um, there's a way to find out if you're eligible. We're not going to click on that yet. So meet Elena, the psychiatrist. Uh, she works at a state hospital in upstate New York where she had worked, lived, worked for the last four years. She previously worked for a nonprofit for seven. Uh, she has federal direct loans from her undergraduate as well as medical school and has been making timely payments should she apply. Yes. So she, but this is a person that has worked for and made 120 payments normally and would normally have qualified for that. So I think the person that we want to look at, was it Alicia the scientist? Yes, Alicia the scientist was the one we want to look at. After attending the University of Chicago, Alicia worked for an NGO for six years 
During her time abroad, she paid her direct loans. She returned to the United States for a master's degree. Um, she was still paying her student loans. Upon completion of her master's, she took a job with the state of Colorado. Um, no, that's not the one I wanted to look for. <laughs> What's the one I wanted to look for? Um, What's the third one? Is it this one? Carlos, the grants manager. Um, Carlos graduated from college. He worked full-time in a bank. Uh, he worked there for five years while making payments on his loans. Carlos left the bank and went to work full-time for Mobile, where he's been working for the last 10 years. He's not sure how many payments he has made throughout the time, but he knows he didn't make all his payments. And when he did, he didn't count his full payment amount should Carlos apply. Even if Carlos has not made 120 payments, he should still apply because he has been working for a qualified employer and under the changes, he can count many of his prior payments toward forgiveness, even if it wasn't for the full payment or on time. Carlos may not actually be too far forgiveness, but he has till October 31st to take advantage of the benefit. So there's lots of different ways that you could potentially qualify. If I'm reading it correctly, it's if, if as long as you, I don't think you have to have worked for uh, a, non, a non-for-profit for 10 years. You just have to have either made payments or been in repayments and at some point have worked for uh, nonprofits. It's not 100% completely clear as to whether or not it qualify or not. If I'd like, I would qualify, for example. Um, but you know, it is what it is. And um, let's see. So there's that. But there's another thing to talk about. So so if you if you work for a, a public, if you did public service. You have many options. If you still have federal financial aid, if this 20000 or 10000 is not going to wipe off all your debts and you're still going to have debt remaining, it's possible that this is going to work for you. It's possible that, that if you've done public service, that this is actually the thing that is going to help you, not necessarily what was talked about today. Now, let's talk about this. Income-driven repayment. So this is something else. This is not public service. Let's see. Elizabeth, I got to go to the bar. I'll try to come back. Let's see. Wes, why would you be in trouble? I don't know. Thank you, Jolie, for for supporting the patron, for shouting out, for giving a shout out to the patron, for linking to that as well. I guess we should do a show reset. Liberal Dan Radio, talk from left, that's right. We're on Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Central, here on YouTube.com slash Liberal Dan Radio. Uh, support the show, go to the patron, patreon.com slash liberaldan, or you can buy me a coffee.com slash liberaldanradio, or just go to liberaldan.com and click buy me a cider, and you can buy me a cider. Uh, you can also support the nerdydan.com channel. Go to nerdydan.com, all the places you can find me online, you can buy me a cider there. You can also, uh, if you have Amazon Prime, support twitch.tv slash nerdydan.com. All you got to do, uh, if you don't have a Twitch, Twitch account already, get a Twitch account, and if you have Amazon Prime, you go to gaming.amazon.com and you have an option to link your Twitch account to your Prime account. That will then allow you to go to my page, twitch.tv slash nerdydan.com, and you can then um, click the subscribe button and you'll have the option to click a checkbox and you get to subscribe to me for free. Um, so far, I have five subs in two days. That's pretty awesome. I like, I like that growth. I'd like that growth to continue. Um, but if you're not going to use your Prime membership to support the show, I would rather you support the Patreon here than support the Twitch over there, unless you want to be one of the first 10 subs, in which case you get the first badge, which makes you special, just like Aaron did and uh, Chris from Voltron, Yosh from Voltron, 
um, and uh, several other people. My other friend, Chris, also became the first, first subscriber at NerdyDan.com. And because he was like, well, as soon as you get approved, I want to be one of your founders. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I went and looked it up. I'm like, okay, before I announced to anybody else that I was an affiliate, I was like, here you go, Chris. Here's your opportunity. You get first dibs. He immediately did it. Then we moved on and allowed other people to get it as well. I think there are still five left last time I checked. So, see, Jeff Curry, I've made some cider. It's 160 proof. That's strong. I've had some strong cider. That's stronger than any cider that I ever had. I might want to try it. Before we talk about, though, the income-driven repayment and the public, um, just regular income-driven repayment and not the, not the PSFL part, I did want to say uh, one other thing that's kind of unfair for many borrowers, including myself. As a borrower, it's moonshine, <laughs> sure, fair enough. For many borrowers, I think all of my student loans were taken out prior to 2005, fair to say. I mean, some of them went through 2006, but I, I signed the promissory note for the 2006 loans in 2005. So I took the loan out in, two, in the summer of 2005. In 2005, uh, the federal government decided that you're no longer going to be able to declare bankruptcy and write your student loans off on, you know, on the, on a, on a declared bankruptcy. So what does that mean? People who took out student loans prior to 2005 took out student loans in a, in a condition or in, in, a, in a state where student loans could be declared and written off under bankruptcy. Now they can't. So anybody who took all those loans, it's, it's almost like a bait and switch. Hey, let's get all this debt, but now we're not going to let you pay it off. What? It doesn't make any sense. What they should have done, of course, what government should have done and what they do do, do do, <laughs> he said do do, uh, is, is often, you know, two different things. But what they should have done is said for any loans taken out after summer 2006 and beyond, those loans can't get written off in bankruptcy, but let's not change the rules on the people who took loans out prior. That would have been a re- potentially a reasonable thing to do, although I disagree with it. But if they wanted to do it, they should have applied it to new loans, not existing loans. Because again, when I took under the existing loans, I took them under the terms of not only the terms of the contract, but the terms of the laws that stood right now. As I understood the law, you know, I maybe wasn't thinking about declaring back. Nobody's like, well, let me sign this thing knowing that I might be able to write this off in bankruptcy. But it was, an, a po- it was an option for people who took out those loans back then, and then they took that option away. And now you have people on Twitter trying to say that, um, oh, well, if you, you signed a document, you signed a document, and therefore you as somebody who signed the document should have to um, follow the terms of the document and repay your debts. And to each and every one of those persons, I say, why shouldn't a student loan borrower not get, not be covered by every single part of the loan document that they signed? And why do I say that? Because every student, every federal student loan recipient gets to have forgiveness in some way. Forgiveness is included 
in those federal student loans, shockingly enough, you know, you might not think that as somebody who's 18 years old, not understanding the law, not understanding the the weight of what this debt might mean in the future. I One thing I do remember was that I read the promissory note. I took it upon myself when I was 18 years old to read that darn thing cover to cover. I wanted to know what I was signing, even though I might not have understand the, the complexities of debt and how easy it is to fall into debt and how hard is it how hard it is to crawl out of debt after you've fallen into debt. I might not have understood all that, but I still wanted to read the document to know what I was signing. And as it turns out, I remember reading one of the things that stood out in my mind that I still remember to this day. I remember reading about the fact that if you're like let's say you lose a hand or an arm or a leg or something, let's say you had some sort of disability that happened after you graduated or whatever, you would then get your loan forgiven. Even if you could like do your job, if you had some sort of disability that you would pay that after the fact, you could have your loans forgiven. So I knew right then and there. Um Oh, Lord. Should I end the show quickly? Should I, I think I should end the show soon. Why should I end the show soon? Because I just got a notification that Hal went live. <laughs> Watch the concurrent viewers go from 15 to 2. Um, we're going to try to finish up, and then I'll let you all go see how I might jump into Hal as well, uh, if that's the case. But it looks like Hal is live right now. So let's just – we're going to finish up, and we'll let uh, – We'll let some people, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll all go over there and we'll raid Hal's channel. How about that? We're going to go raid Hal's channel in a second. So say it's a liberal Dan raid. Uh, but let's just finish this one up part real quick. So income-based repayments. Um, let's see. From permanent fixes to IDR payment counting. In addition to new guidance, student loan services to ensure accurate, will we'll track payment counts in our own modernized data systems. Ed is taking part, whatever the impact Ed will certain and this will automatic debt cancellation for at least 40,000 borrowers. Um, so let's see. see. If you have applied or let's see, it's not the PSL else that I'm looking for. In addition to this new guidance, student loan services that credit will give an account. Uh, we're going to exploit borrower IDR payments. Ed is working on regulations to revise the terms of IDR program to simplify payment counting, uh, which proposals to allow more loan statuses to count towards IDR forgiveness. There was something else that I was not on that page that I want to do. <laughs> Jeff Curry, I, oh, you'd rather me stay on? That's nice. I mean, I don't know. I Hal's not going to miss everybody who's viewing here now. Um, but, you know, you know, it is what it is. Again, I don't have that window open right now, so I can't do it. I just got another notification that Hal's live again. Did he re-go live? Is this, is, somebody go check to see whether or not he's really live or not and then come back and report. Because if he is, we'll go raid Hal's channel. We'll be like, this is a liberal Dan raid. Um, I'll even use my, uh, my monthly uh, free freebie to say liberal Dan raid. Um, let's see. PLSF waiver, ink, policy adjustment. Let's see. Is this the one I wanted to look at? The IDR adjustment. Uh, is it this one? No, it's not that one. 
this was on my Mohello page before. I don't know what it's, how it's on. Okay. Um, we're going to have a part two of this show anyway. So um, let, let's just see real quick if I can find. Um, we're going to go to. Uh, no, we're not, it's not that. That's not what I want to go to. Um, I want to log in, but it might not let me log in because there's a high volume of visitors. Everybody's swarming on the student. Uh, oh, Hal is live. Oh, is that what this is? Is he's he's just is he live streaming like a, a is he live streaming his stand up stuff? If he's just doing his stand up stuff, that's fine. Oh, if he's not going to be interacting, if he's going to be interacting, maybe we'll head on over. Maybe we'll raid Hal Sparks' stuff. Um, hey, Megan, how's it going? Appreciate you. Thank you for joining. Remember to subscribe to the channel, like the video, et cetera, et cetera. We're waiting for this other page to load because I was – let's see. Let's see if I can log in. No, it's it's still not going to let me log in because it's crapped out right now. Part of the problem is even if I had the link available, it would still be – see this little spiral thing right now? Yeah, it's, it's not – it's not it's not letting me see it. So we're gonna just pop this back over here for a second. Go go full for a second. Uh move this back up a little bit. So anyway, it is what it is. We'll let that load. We'll close that out. But as I understood it, as I understood the entire thing, oh, that's not what I wanted to do. I'm silly. No, that's not what I want to do either. I've lost my brains. There it is. There's my control window. Uh-huh. See, I got a comedian, bud. He's going to do a show near me asking me to show up. I smell a setup. <laughs> um, I'm sure it is people with lungs that are flooding the website trying to figure out how it is that they're going to take advantage of what's going on. So I was going to try and see about – I think I can still do it through my servicer. I think my student loan servicer will allow me to upload the documentation that I need to do. Um, to see whether or not I'm correct as whether or not I will apply those periods of repayment or if I had to actually work for a nonprofit for 120 months. If I had to work for a nonprofit for 120 months, then I won't, then I won't, apply, I won't, I won't be able to get the PSLF. Uh, that's not how I'm reading it, but it, it, it might not be specific enough for me. I don't know. Um, and... The other one was the other one was the it's like 20 years and again they're going to count amounts of payments made over those 20 years but I don't know what counts and what doesn't so but on that I think you have a longer time to deal with it and not just through the end of October so it's possible that the if they're going to count those previous previous payments of IDR towards non PSLF payments then it's possible that my 20 or 25 years, whatever, whatever I'm supposed to pay off in order to get my loans forgiven, I might have a lot of credit towards that, which again would be like maybe, maybe a half a year if I'm being conservative, conservative Dan, conservative Dan radio talk from the right that's left. I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't sound as good. Um, so like a half a year for that. And then I started the end of 26, which is half a year. So that's a full year. So full year, 27, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 
16, 17, 18, 19, and if it counts the years during the firm at 20, 21, 22. I don't think I don't know if I counted it right. So it'd be 16 years. So I might only have four years. It's possible that I might only have four years of payment left as opposed to another like 15 or whatever, which would be nice. So, I mean, Bill, it's always been based on disposable income. That's the thing. They've just increased. Alechem shalom, dementia. Shalom. My Hebrew's not as great as it was. <laughs> um, yeah, real BP. It's, it's based on. It's always been based on disposable income. So. But what they've done, what the good thing that they've done, which does help everybody who has a student loan currently, is they've increased what non-discretionary income is. So again, instead of it being 150 times or 150% of what the poverty level is for a family of your size, it's now 225% of poverty for the income of your size. So that has increased. So that's so they've increased. So for a family of four, it's anything over 64, 64,000 or so. Um, house show starts perfect. House show starts in 30 minutes. We will end in 30 minutes, and that'll give everybody time to continue talking. We can continue talking about this. We can talk about other things, and then we can go right house. And I can get water because I'm thirsty. Very thirsty. Um. Anyway, so, so yeah, so. That's one of the good things in the plan that, that will affect everybody. Again, just kind of just do a recap of what we've talked about today so far for anybody who's new. Um, if you've taken, a, if you got a Pell Grant when you're in college, you can get up to $20,000 of your loans taken away uh, and, and written off completely. If you didn't get a Pell Grant, you can get $10,000 of loans taken away. If once, if there's any debt remaining, if you're under 10, if you're under 12, if you're $12,000 in debt remaining or under after they remove that debt, uh, they're not adding any more interest. And if you make minimum payments for 10 years, they're going to, after those 10 years of minimum income payments, you can get the rest written off. Now, I don't know if that's going to mean that previous payment periods count. So it's quite possible that your previous payment periods might count. And so once you get your 20, 10 or 20 taken off, the rest, if you're under 12, the rest could be written up, potentially written off immediately. That's one of the things I don't know. That's one of the things that I'm going to have to come back and for my, for my student loans part two, that when I do that episode, that will be one of the questions that I'll have to have answered is whether or not um, those people who have the $12,000 in debt uh, remaining after the reduction, if they could have their debt then eliminated immediately because, or very soon thereafter, because of the IDR provisions. But even if not, let's say you're new, a new student loan borrower, you get ten thousand, you get ten or twenty thousand dollars taken away. Then you only have to make ten years of minimum payments. And if you're a single person making less than thirty, or if you're a family of four making less than 64 or somewhere in between if your family size is later or somewhere greater if your family size is greater, um, you'll, you'll pay $0 payments. And if you make $0 payments for 120 payments, you then get the rest of your loan written off without having to pay a single more penny towards it. So again, those people are helped as well. Um, if, if you're 
If you have more than the 12,000, you're not going to, maybe if you have more than 12,000 after the 10 months too. So let's say you are at, let's, let's say your payment was a hundred dollars a month and you had to make 120 payments at a hundred dollars a month. So that's uh, $12,000. Is that right? Or 1200, 12, 12, 12,000. That'd be $12,000 in payments over 10 years, 1200 a year, I think, or maybe my math is, my math is getting screwy. It's late at night. So let's let's just pull up the calculator real quick again. 100 times 120 equals 12,000. I was right. Yes. So if you made 12,000 in payments, and, I, and if let's say you had like 24,000 in debt uh, after they took away the 10 or 20, if, if, it, if that left you with, 20, with, with 24,000 in debt, and then you made $100 payments for over the course of 10 years, and that left you with $12,000, according to my understanding of what I just read, you would then get the rest of your loan paid off after 10 years at only having paid $100 a month on that debt, assuming that was your IBR. Now, a lot of people, $100 of IBR is going to be much less. In order for you to have $100 a month, what would your salary have to be at $100 to get $100 a month? Payment? So 100 times 20 equals 2,000 times 12 so that's not even so here's the thing yeah if you're making a hundred if you're if your ibr is a hundred dollars a month that means you're making twenty four thousand a year which means you're already making zero paint well so twenty four thousand of discretionary income so your income would have to then be if you're single you would have to be making fifty four if you're making fifty four thousand dollars a year you would be making hundred dollars in payments you would make a hundred dollar payments over the next ten years you got below 12,000 at that point, you would have the rest of your loans wiped off, only having to have to pay 12,000 towards your debt. So, um, and if also, if you're a, if you're a public student, public, if you're in public service and you're going for the public service loan forgiveness, it doesn't matter how much your debt is. It doesn't matter if it's over 12,000 or not. You could be at 50,000 or a hundred thousand. If you, if you have a hundred thousand dollars in debt and you're in public service, let's say you're working, you know, for a charitable hospital as a doctor, instead of working for a big corporate hospital, you decide you wanted to help people out with your degree instead of trying to become rich, uh, which, you know, I'm not going to begrudge you for, for, for getting money, for getting paid, for going through med school. But if you go through med school and you have a bunch of debt and you decide you're going to just, you can now go work for whatever and whatever your payments are, you know, they're going to be less and it's only going to be 5% of your income, of your discretionary income. And then after 10 years, you get that all written off. And there you go. You've helped people. And you've, you've, say, you've sacrificed, so they're rewarding you for that. Otherwise, it's going to be 20 to 25 months, or 20 to 25 years, I mean, of payments, but still individual payments. And I think this is also the other part I'm not completely sure about. I believe that you can also have previous payment periods counted, not just towards your public service, but also uh, towards your regular income-based repayment student relief once you've paid 20 or 25 years worth of stuff. So, see Putin giving out good info now if he can figure out what happens for people in default. Well, that's that's kind of covered already. Um, if you go to the um, buh, 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 where is it? Is that of the FAQ? I believe under the FAQ at least for public 
for the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. Let's open that one right now real quick again. Um, let's see if they have FAQ in here or not. Uh, Q&A, uh, what types of, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Let's see. No, no, no. Direct ones. Is this going to be, I'm still waiting to get on that page because people are still going, so I'm not going to be able to get that answer. Um, okay, so I guess, I guess I'm guess i not going to be qualified for a public student loan forgiveness because here, here's this question on the Q&A from the White House page. Can I receive public student loan forgiveness if I have more than one employer over the course of 10 years? Yes, however, you must submit a PSLF form showing that you were employed full-time by a qualifying employer at the time you made each of the required 120 payments. So I guess you have to you have to work for 10 years for a nonprofit. You don't actually have to make payments for the nonprofit, but you have to have worked for the nonprofit for those 10 years. So it doesn't look like I'll be able to get the public student loan forgiveness one. Going by that wording, of course, let's see. Do you mentioned, remember HEW, U.S. Secretary of Health, Education, Welfare, a cabinet secretary position, and ended when Reagan came in. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Putin and TV2 Live. Where is um, where is uh, Agoff Twitter? <laughs> I miss Agoff. That, that, that's just such a great Twitter name. That's so awesome. Um, so it doesn't look like that. There was information on – oh, I'm here. I was able to load the student aid page. So yay. Um, qualifying employer, not-for-profits, blah, 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 blah. Where's the thing about payments? Where's that chart again? I need to find that chart. No. I'm trying to look for it now. Can I waive the six month? No, no, no. No, no, no. This is a much bigger page than what I found before. Let's just see. Default, uh, on, let's see, under? That's too many hits. <laughs> I go to this one. Let's see. Where's the chart? I had the chart open before. I could just rewind the thing. Um, I don't know. I had it open before, and I can't seem to find it now. But there was a chart that was available that basically I think it said that you could you could have made lower payments. I don't know about being a default, but you could still make lower payments. That's uh, government, of course. It's complicated, of course. Um, Trucker John, will this translate into votes for the Dems in November? It might. Uh, I still I believe that the Roe versus Wade overturning with Dobbs v. Jackson. I think that's going to significantly turn out more votes than the student loan issue will. And while this also may drive people to vote, I don't know how much won't intersect. Like, for example, if you have the Venn diagram of one circle is people who are going to come out to vote because of student loan forgiveness, and one portion is people who are going to come out to vote because of um, because of uh, Dobbs v. Jackson and overturning Roe, 
it's very possible that those two are going to be very tightly, you know, those circles might intersect greatly with only fringes on the edge of people who wouldn't have come out for one or the other. They're probably coming out for both in most cases. Now, there are people who, uh, to, to borrow terms from, you know, your, your TYT types, your Nina Turner types, your, your folks who, now, there's a lot of stuff that Nina Turner talks about that I absolutely, absolutely 100% support. There's stuff that Young Turks talk about that I absolutely 100% support. But there are people who are on the far, far left. And I'm rather progressive. I want, again, I want income-based, I want, um, I want universal basic income. I want Medicare for all. I want lots of things that leftists want. I'm just more pragmatic about it sometimes. But the thing is, is that these people are basically saying, if you're not, if you're not forgiving more then you're harming people of color and you're harming other people and therefore it's not good, or they're still going to complain or you haven't done enough. This is not enough. So if it's not enough, it's not good enough. So it's not good. So, and look, it, it's very important to understand that, you know, assuming that Nina Turner's numbers are correct, that the average, like, white borrower might have, like, 12 grand of debt versus the average black woman who may have, like, 25,000 worth of debt. And that's worth taking into, worth taking into consideration. Now, if that individual who is a black woman, uh, if that person had 25,000 in debt and that person had 20,000 of her debts written off, then that person only has 5,000 left. And whatever their income might be, they're no longer going to get a charge interest. And if their income, you know, black women make much less money than their white male counterparts. So therefore, uh, they're, they're, it's very well possible that an individual might not have to make any more student loan payments because if, if, if they make, oh, that I said $55,000 a year, they're not going to have to make any more payments for the rest of their loan. And for 10 years, less than 5000 left. You, you, you pay zero bucks for 10 years over the course of 10 years, and then you have the rest of your debt paid off. So to me, it's six of one half dozen of the other. So if, if, this, if a person who's single, who is going to make zero dollars in loan payments for 10 years and have the rest of their loans paid off versus having all of their loans paid off right now, there's no difference. And that, that's, that's why I think too many times People on the left will eat each other alive. And maybe it's because I, I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't know how much Nina Turner does or doesn't know about, about financial aid. I, she probably knows more than a lot of people. There, I've, I've debated some other people on the student loan issue that clearly don't know as much as I know. I don't know how much I know compared to how much she knows. She may know more about me than student debt than I do. I don't know what it is. But what I do happen to know is that if you're, if, it, if you're going to nitpick what's going on, at least nitpick correctly. At least point out correct issues. Because, again, if you're making – if you have 25000 in debt and you're a single person and you're making less than 55000 a year, your IBR payment is – no, no 55000 a year, that was 29000 No, if you're making 36000 a year or less, it's 36 is the number. If you're making $36,000 a year or less, you, you're in, your payment is zero. If your payment is zero and you make that payment for 10 years, you, you, your, your loan is basically forgiven. It's just going to take 10 extra years to do it. Now, what's important to keep that happening is 
you need to keep Democrats in office. You need to come out and vote. So what these extremists are going to do are they're, they're, they, they argue that Joe Biden is not doing enough for these people, but not taking full every, – every single bit of information. They're only taking bits of information in a vacuum. And if, you, and if you're going to criticize and criticize and criticize without understanding the, the little bits that are there that comp- make the argument more complex – and look, it shouldn't be as complex. Maybe the Biden administration should have said, um, we are going to – Wipe all these loans off, and it looks if, if at your current income you're going to have you would be making zero payments until the next ten years. We're just going to wipe that off too immediately. Fine, but I don't know if they could have done that. So they had to make it a little more complicated. They had to make it, I guess, a little more complicated just to kind of maybe skirt issues a little bit or try and make it so that it sounds better or it works better or it it functions better or maybe maybe make it so that the ex- people who are extremely wealthy don't get away with don't get away with um, getting too much debt written off. That's fine. But as well, that's another thing. Is there are people who are like, no, there's one person that I was debating on this subject on Twitter. That person was like, nobody who's makes, who's wealthy, who's rich. And they would, they would never say what that line was where you should not have anything forgiven. There was certain, there was whatever the line is, whatever was more than that line they wouldn't say what that line was. And whatever is more than that line was, they should not have anything forgiven. And then the people who make under that line should have their debt forgiven. Okay. I don't know what that line is. I mean, we, should, we could debate what that line is. That's fine. But my statement was that I would rather too many get forgiveness than too few. I would, I would rather, again, help more people than less people. These people were trying to argue that they would rather, if you, if, you, if you don't help the exact number of people who are going to need the help, and you're helping the people who don't need help, then they'd rather not have it at all. And I'm like, what? That's coming off your nose despite your face. I don't understand that mindset. I don't get that point of view. I don't get the idea that we shouldn't do something because it's not perfect. As Obama said, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. If, if some extra people have to get away with who don't deserve it, who don't need it, fine. Let them. And let everybody make sure that everybody else is also covered. There's a, there's a gray area. There's a, there, I don't think there's a clear cutoff line. I think there's a gray area of people who, depending on certain... Maybe it's depending on where you live. If you live in rural Louisiana somewhere versus downtown L.A., your cost of living is going to be different. So whatever your income is is going to affect whether or not you are living well or not living well. You can have the same income in one area and be, like, really well off, and in another area you'll be like, you're struggling. So there's a lot to take into consideration there. Well, the rich need help, yeah. Uh, let's see. I have a couple of goods that um on Mala, Department of Education. They all they do is criticize. There are no solutions. They point out all the flaws. Um, I mean, was it Ron Johnson, Ron Johnson, or ever said that you have to eliminate the Department of Education or something? And I guess is that what West is trying to say? Um, yes, Aaron West, right? Uh, being so hypercritical of Biden is not helpful. 
look, I've criticized Biden several times in this podcast. When he does something that I disagree with, I will point it out. Um, again, I don't think that this is this is the best plan available. I think would I much prefer just everything wiped clean? Sure. Part of that is because that would help me more. But again, I'm not going to complain that Biden is trying to help as many people as possible. Now, he was going to get flack from the Ted Cruz's and the Ron Johnson's and the Donald Trump Jr.'s and Donald Trump's and everybody else. They were going to get flack regardless. So why not use the political capital now? Well, the problem is, is again, it's a political calculation. How many people do you are, are, would be driven away from the Democratic Party if, for in the fall, if everything was written off versus just some? I mean, clearly there is some conservative or centrist type people who might be like, well, we shouldn't have to pay for all of that stuff. Why should we have to pay? Of course, Ted Cruz is making dumb arguments like um, waiters and waitresses are going to be paying for the degrees of the people at Harvard for law, law school degrees. I'm like, That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous because waiters and waitresses are not going to be paying more in taxes. It's silliness. Plus, there's also the silliness where, pe- where this is one thing that people don't quite get. All of these loans that are being forgiven, at least the vast majority of them, are already held by the federal government. The federal government has already expended the money to take the loans. That money is already spent. It's not additional spending at this point. My loan is currently held by the federal government. So if if they cancel my debt, guess what? It doesn't require a penny of additional spending. They've already spent it. So it doesn't add a single cent to additional federal spending to eliminate my loan. But of course, they love the poorly educated. They love the poorly educated. That's what Donald Trump says. I love the poorly educated. So... They, they don't want people who are going to question. They're going to, people are going to hear about the old, that's right. I don't, you know, that's right. I don't understand why they won't do that. I don't understand that at all. That's right. And because they don't understand because we don't care about evidence. And there's an interesting point to be made about that, that individual person. Um, we'll get to that after the break. We have eight minutes left, not break, but we're going to play hypocrite of the week first. We're going to play hypocrite of the week. Um, and then we'll get to that. And we'll get we'll do the show end, and we'll we'll be able to head back to we'll all be able to hang out with Hal after the show, um, if I can find hypocrite. There's hypocrite of the week. This week's hypocrite of the week is Donald Trump Jr. and any other Donald Trump supporter who is against student loan forgiveness because the people should supposedly act responsible and that other people shouldn't have to pay for their careers. Was Donald Trump acting responsible when his businesses declared bankruptcy, causing other people to have to pay for Donald's millions? I don't think so. Hope we don't play that. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right, on Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube and at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. There you go. And that, See, I was struggling for a lot of the day. I was struggling trying to figure out what kind of argument can you make to a Trump supporter? that's going to have any chance of convincing them that maybe they're wrong on this. Yes, homie, don't play that. Call back to homie the clown. Doesn't mess around, even when the man tries to put him down. Um, So I was trying to figure out, would people claim that, you know, I would say, 
are you going to be mad? Like we're, we're paying off uh, student loans. Well, what about the people who already paid their student loans or didn't have any student debt? What about them? Well, are you going to say, I would say, are you going to say people with food stamps? Are you going to say, well, what about the people that pay for their own food? Why should they have to pay for the people at food stamps? Well, to use that against the Trumper is not going to work because they're going to be like, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. So that's not going to help. And I was struggling for a good portion of the day trying to figure out an argument to make that could potentially get through to at least some Trump supporters. And where I landed was Donald Trump's bankruptcies. These businesses that, that served Donald Trump's businesses, be they, you know, Trump casinos, Trump steaks, Trump ties, Trump sex toys, or whatever Trump business he had and failed. Um, well, failed in quotes, because here's the thing. People like Donald Trump don't, they're, they're swindlers. They, they, they're shysters. They're, they're people who know how to game the system. They know how the system works. So they're going to run up debts with a business. They're going to get all the business going to run up all these debts. They're going to be in debt. They're going to owe payments to, to contractors who do building for them. They're going to do, you know, or, or who clean their, they're going to hire lots of contracts. They have lots of contracts with lots of payments that are due. They're going to build up bank debt with, with banks, obviously. Um, and they're going to have all this stuff. And then Donald grabs all the money out, just kind of like what Bain Toys did with K, Bain did with Bain Capital did with KB Toys. They did a leveraged buyout on KB Toys. They sucked out all of the money that you could have possibly gotten from KB Toys. They only put, put like $20 million up, and the rest of it they used as the leveraged buyout. They used the capital, what remained in KB Toys, to leverage the rest of the loan. They took out all of the value by giving large corporate bonuses much more than $20, $20 million, and then they let KB Toys go bankrupt. So they let all of their people, all of the debtors got screwed while the people got rich. Donald Trump knows how to do that sort of thing. He has lawyers and other people who will make sure that they'll be able to get a whole bunch of debt racked up in these organizations while getting out as much money as possible and then letting them go bankrupt. So they get rich and leave the others holding the bag. They leave the others. So these other people are paying for Donald Trump's millions. But do they care? Will they care about that? I don't know. It's possible that some of them might. Of course, it's also possible that some of them may be like Cash Money, the caller who said, we don't care about evidence. So I don't know. To me, the bankruptcy argument, if, if, if any argument is going to make it through to any Trump supporter about this student loan argument, it's going to be the Trump bankruptcy one. I'm still not holding my breath. That's going to help convince a lot of people, but it might convince some, and some might be all you need. Who knows? Um, interesting point. Um, but, th- but again, this is why Donald Trump said he loves the poorly educated. And this is why they're fighting this. They're fighting the student loan forgiveness because they don't want people going to college. They don't want people getting educated because as people get educated, they understand how much of a grifter the Trump family, grifters these Trump family folks are. They understand how, how they're uh, – 
they understand how that they can take advantage and swindle these folks and fool them. If they're not educated, they're not, they're not, they won't, might not be able to figure out the con and they, and they'll con them for all they have. They'll be able to convince them to vote against their best interests because all for the good of Herr Donald. So, and that's what they want because they'll allow people like Trump to say, if you're innocent, why are you taking the fifth amendment? And then you plead the fifth if you're Donald Trump, and then the people don't question them because they don't care because... We don't care about evidence. Quickly, I've had a, a one show where I talked about that guy who said that we don't care about the evidence. It's cash. This guy's called, he calls himself Cash Money. He calls into a local uh, political radio show in the mornings a lot. Um, and there was, a, there was a movie that was being released, and it was about somebody who was local. Uh, he's somebody who was talking about how he like met his mom through 23andMe because he was adopted. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, there's got to be a catch here. Well, the catch to the story was, of course, uh, his birth mother was going to have an abortion and she was on the abortion table when supposedly when she decided to no longer go through with her abortion. So he made a movie about it and apparently it went to the theaters or whatever. And so this guy Cash Money calls back in and he goes, well, that was a good abortion story, um, let, 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 but nobody's going to tell the story about my abortion or my my birth, my adoption story because I was born addicted to heroin. And I'm like, it all makes sense. It all makes sense that the individual who says, who says, we don't care about evidence, is the person who doesn't care is the person who was born addicted to smack. So, and maybe I shouldn't make fun of him anymore. Maybe I, now that I understand where, why he's like that, maybe I should be like, you know what? Maybe leave him alone a little bit. But the problem is, is that um, he's still out there spewing his nonsense and as such, but he's the type of person that Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. and all of the Trump crime family and all of the people on Newsmax and Fox News and OAN, all of these people like to take advantage of. Why? Uh, because they know that they can, because they like the poorly educated. And they don't want the people to go get educations, and they, don't want, and they, they might think that all this debt cancellation is going to make, it, make, make people more likely to go get an education and therefore less likely to fall for their BS. So that's that's an important thing to consider. Um, let's see. Let's go back through the chat a little bit before we decide to end. Um, let's see. Rudy was begging for his law license to be emaciated. He said that he hadn't caused a ride or broken the law in a year and a half. <laughs> that's funny. Um, let's see. I hope they're going to lose all their wealth in the housing bubble implosion. Um, why do people rent when a mortgage is often cheaper for the same size and space? Answer for that. Let's see. Um, I don't know if Kinky Streets go on to continue that. Okay, I don't know. All right, so Kinky Streets, the answer to that, why do people rent when a mortgage is often cheaper? It's because the requirement to get a mortgage is more stringent than the requirement to, get a, to pay rent. And here's the thing. Here's why. So, and and there's a meme that goes around about this where it's like I can I can provide 
two years of on-time rent payments showing that I can pay 1200 a month for my rent, yet I can't get a loan for $700 a month to pay my mortgage uh, because for some reason my income isn't high enough, but I still make enough money to pay the rent. So we have we have these restrictions on 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 getting loans and getting mortgages that 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 are in, sometimes ridiculous to achieve. And the other problem is the fact that I've I've had if you go back to my my is rent theft uh, my is rent theft show where I talk about the arguments that are made by the is rent theft. Do I think that there are people who need to rent and don't need to buy like people who, for example. Traveling nurses probably may not if – if you're a single person and going around as a traveling nurse, you probably don't need to buy a house at this point. So those people need to rent. There are other people who you know, might want to have the freedom to move from places who might just want to rent. It's fine. But too many people who are renting are hoarding up properties, thus artificially inflating the price to get those properties, making it harder – for individuals, but so it artificially increases the price of the house, therefore making the loan to get that house much more expensive, therefore making it much more hard to qualify for that loan. So our system that we have right now is broken in that it disincentivizes owning a house and it makes it harder to own a house. So we need to work on all of that stuff. Um, let's see, somebody talk about record luxury car sales. There's an interesting thing where used cars are being sold for more than new cars. There was a dude who bought like a Tesla for like $80,000 and then immediately flipped it to a used car market for like a hundred and he made like 20,000 bucks immediately. And then he tried to buy another Tesla and Tesla was like, Nope, we're not letting you do that. And I'm like, why are you mad that this person was able to take advantage of the system? Why not just sell your Teslas for $120,000? If you don't like the fact that they're selling on the used car market for a hundred, hundred thousand dollars, why not raise the prices? Let's see. Do, 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 do. Yes, growleft.liberaldan.com if you want to help me. Uh, one of the things, if you go to growleft.liberaldan.com and if you make a contribution, I usually what I say is, look, the ways to support the show is as follows. There's nerdydan.com on Twitch. If you have an Amazon Prime subscription, go ahead and use that. Um, you can... I need to post the links on, on maybe on nerdydan.com on, on how to do it. But, there's a, but there, there are plenty of guides on how to do that. Basically, you make sure to sign up for a Twitch account. You sign into gaming.amazon.com. You hook that Twitch account to your amazon.com account, and then you can go to Twitch and subscribe to my channel for no extra cost. Um, and then that's one way to support the show. Another way to support the show is become a Patreon, patreon.liberaldan.com, or you can make one-time payments either to my Venmo or to – uh, buymeacoffee.com slash radio, um, or you can go to buymeacoffee at nerdydan.com as well. There's nerdydan.com as well. Um, and then after all that, and once you do all that, and if you still have money you feel like contributing to help out, then go to growleft.liberaldan.com. But here's the thing. If you go to growleft.liberaldan.com and make a contribution, let me know, please. I want you to let me know because – I'm still kind of new with these folks, and I just want to make sure that I know that everything's being counted on properly and on the up and up. So if you make a contribution there, let me know so I can, so I can verify that they're being counted properly or whatever, that, that things are real. Because they're pretty new as, as well. So if there's any bugs in the system, we want to make sure to get those bugs out the system as well. 
Um, Trucker John, I want a camper van. Are you going to live in a van down by the river? <laughs> I live in a van down by the river. Anyway, I think we're we're chomping into Hal's time a little bit. I don't know if anybody's watching simultaneously, did Hal has Hal started yet? Let's see. Aaron, I still don't have a car because used cars are ridiculous right now. Exactly, that's the point. What I was talking about, like used cars sometimes are more expensive than new cars. There are people who their car like right before the pandemic and their leases are coming due and you can assign the lease to somebody else. And so if car companies like Carvana or these other places will take on the lease and give you cash. And it turns out that these people are making like six, seven, 8,000 bucks extra just by handing over the leases to these third party car companies, which is kind of cool. Now, generally speaking, leasing, doesn't work that well for other people. Twenty hindsight being twenty twenty, sure, I'd have loved to have leased a car and then gotten more money back out of it than what I paid into, or than maybe what I paid in for it. But you know, anyway, it is what it is. So anyway, let's go. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, I have this open now. So it is what it is. It. Let us all go do a liberal Dan raid of Hal's channel right now. Go go support Hal. If you haven't subscribed yet? Subscribe if you haven't. Uh, like the video, like it, share videos with your friends. I'm trying to find the show end audio as well. There we go. This is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Uh, I will be back here next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central. Unless Hal has a toilet problem again, we should have Hal Sparks on the show next Wednesday. I will be live on nerdydan.com on Twitch tomorrow at 8 p.m. If you want to join me there, I'd appreciate it. We can talk, hang out while I'm gaming. Again, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan. Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. There's nerdydan.com. If you go to nerdydan.com, you can follow me online, but I'm nerdydan, D-O-T-C-O-M, everywhere. Uh, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, etc. Subscribe there as well. Until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Off to the left.